Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua. After having gone through an overview of the book of Numbers a few times, I thought it would prove beneficial for us to do the same with the book of Joshua. And I'll reread just the first nine verses there in Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and of the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whatsoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither, thou, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The book of Joshua covers the history of Israel from the death of Moses until the time of the judges. It is a monument, however, not to Joshua, but rather to the God he served. Through its pages, you find Joshua declaring the infallible faithfulness of our great God. Now, by divine order, Joshua took command of the nation of Israel and brought it to the promised land of Canaan, which God had promised in his covenant with Abraham. The book of Joshua shows us in figure the beginning of our salvation in this world and its conclusion upon our entrance into our eternal home and glory afterwards. Beloved, grace given here in this life is glory begun. Indeed, once given, the fulfillment of His grace shall be seen accomplished in glory above. For indeed, our salvation is of the Lord, for He is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, we cannot separate grace and glory. That is, the sinner who possesses the grace of God here in this world receives a salvation through which he will possess eternal life with God in glory in the world to come. The message of Joshua is shown in the meaning of his name. Joshua means Jehovah shall save. 
Now, Joshua in Greek sounds very different than in Hebrew. In Greek, it is pronounced Jesus. And so this is the message of this book. Jesus shall save. Turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. And look there with me in chapter 1. I'll be reading to you a, a portion of Matthew chapter 1 that I'm sure you're all very familiar, familiar with. But it, uh, it's so good to read over and over again. I'll begin reading there in verse 21. We read here, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Throughout this book, Joshua is shown to us as a great figure of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the righteous servant of Jehovah. As a figure of Christ, we see in him the fulfillment of God's prophecy. We see the faithfulness of God in everything. He gave Canaan to Israel according to the promises he made to his fathers. We see the justice of God in punishing the Canaanites for their wicked idolatry and sin after being warned of his wrath. God protected his people in spite of their murmuring and gratitude and unbelief. And at the end, Joshua led them to the promised rest of God in the land of Canaan. The most important thing is how Joshua, who gave Israel rest, is a figure of our Lord Jesus Christ, who brings the true Israel of God to the Sabbath rest of faith here in this world and everlastingly in glory in the world to come. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. begin reading there. I'll pick up in verse uh, 8. If Jesus, that is Joshua, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the, sample, uh, after the same example of unbelief. Now, in our King James translation, you'll notice that the Greek rendition of Joshua is recorded here as Jesus. Now, please note, when the apostle is writing here, if Jesus had given them rest, that the apostle is referencing Joshua in the Old Testament. His name, Joshua, denotes him as a figure of Christ, now, I'll make a, a few comparisons. Just as Joshua was a servant of Moses, Christ was made under the law and was subject and obedient to the law of God. In fact, the only one to have kept the law of God perfectly is the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Joshua took the place of Moses, Christ takes the place of the law. 
just as Joshua gave Israel what Moses could never give, the promised blessing of the covenant of God, Christ gives us what the law cannot, the salvation of God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look there, beginning in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And look over there in Galatians chapter 3. Verse 23. Galatians 3, verse 23. Before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Just as... Joshua was qualified with wisdom, courage, and strength to be the governor of Israel and the commander of his army. So, too, Christ is the king of the saints, the leader and commander of the people of God. Indeed, he is the captain of our salvation. He has won the victory for us. And like Joshua, our Lord is qualified to be our Savior. God poured his spirit upon him without measure. Friend, he has the courage, strength, and purity to save you to the uttermost. Joshua was a figure of our Savior in his deeds. He led Israel through the Jordan River, just as Christ guides us through baptism and death. Just as Joshua saved Rahab and his family, so too Christ saves the worst among us. As Joshua received the Gibeonites who submitted to him, Christ saves all all who come to him. Indeed, our Lord declares, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. As Joshua conquered the kings of the Canaanites, Christ has conquered all our spiritual enemies for us, making us more than conquerors by, through, and in him. Joshua brought the children of Israel to the land of Canaan, their physical rest and divided to them their portion of the inheritance, everything Moses could not do. Only Christ brings the elect of God to his true rest, that is, spiritual rest here in this evil world, and eternal rest afterwards in the world to come. In Christ and through Christ we have the salvation of God, all the blessings of his grace, and the inheritance of heavenly glory. Considering Joshua, 
the servant of God, we can learn many things that may serve our souls. First, we see that he was divinely prepared. When God does something, he always prepares a person for that work and prepares a place of service for that person. For example, it took 80 years to prepare Moses to do a work that took 40 years to complete. Our Lord Jesus Christ was prepared for 30 years to fulfill three years of work. And Joshua, as an illustration of our Savior, was prepared by God to be the deliverer of Israel. Our Lord used many tools for Joshua's preparation. For example, he used the tool of suffering. We see through the book of Joshua that suffering was the first tool that God used. Joshua was born into slavery in Egypt. The slavery was hard and cruel, but God used it to prepare him. In the kingdom of God, we will never be useful until we have suffered. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews once again and look there with me in chapter 5. We'll pick up reading there in verse 8. Here we see that, like Joshua, our Lord as a man was prepared to be our Savior through suffering. Verse 8. Through, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And look over there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'll begin reading there in verse 10. reading verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And we too, beloved, as God's word sets forth, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. What we suffer in this world is according to the wisdom and purpose of our Heavenly Father. Indeed, we know all things work together for good for those who love God, the called according to His purpose. Turn over to chapter 4 of First Peter, and you'll see there in verse 13, Beginning there in First Peter chapter four, verse thirteen. Beloved, rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And turn to chapter five, verse ten. Just just look over there. Uh, we read here. The God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered 
a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now, another tool that God uses is submission. Grace teaches us to submit to authority. Faith submits itself to the dominion of Christ, His kingdom, and His divine authority. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Pick up reading there in verse 25. Luke 14, verse 25. And there went and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple." Joshua learned to submit to God, having submitted to Moses. The Son of God submitted to the will of God in everything as a man, as our mediator, as our substitute, to be our Savior. Look over there with me in Isaiah chapter 50. begin reading there in verse 5. We see here how our Lord perfectly submitted to our Father's commandment to save His people. And reading in Isaiah chapter 50, beginning in verse 5, The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. And in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit makes this all the more plain through his servant Paul in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning there in verse 5. Hebrews 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. 
In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. We hear our Lord declaring, as the faithful and submissive Son of God, not my will, but yours be done. Father, glorify thy name. Following the command of Moses, Joshua honored God, served Israel, and overcame the Almachites. We see that in Exodus chapter 17. In fact, Joshua was known as a servant of Moses, serving him faithfully. Now, in Joshua chapter 11, I'd like to show you, beloved, a picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And is it such a comforting <laughs> picture of our Lord? Joshua chapter 11, verse 15 reads as follows. And uh, I pray the Lord will bless the reading of this verse to the hearts of his people and comfort you with the gospel of our salvation. Joshua Chapter 11, verse 15 reads, As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Beloved, regarding our salvation, indeed all the things that the Father commanded him to do, our Lord, our Savior, has left Nothing undone. Through his precious blood, he was washed as clean of every sin. And through his righteous life, the life he established on the earth as a man, we are found holy, perfect, lacking nothing. Beloved, you are complete in him. Another tool that the Lord will use in preparing us is patience. Beloved, we are impatient by nature, and God makes us wait on Him. He makes us wait on Him. Indeed, love makes you want to wait. Just ask my wife. <laughs> She's been waiting around for me in various ways for over 25 years. Beloved, we wait on the Lord because we love Him. Indeed, we love Him because He first loved us. 
Forty years ago, Joshua and Caleb had spied the land of Canaan. For 40 years, Joshua walked with Israel through the desert, patiently waiting for God to give them what was what they had been promised. Now he leads Israel to possess it after waiting for 40 years in patient, loving faith. Blessed are those who are taught to wait on the Lord. In the Psalms we read, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. In Proverbs we read, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. In another place in God's word we read, It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. There is much to be learned considering the character of Joshua. Joshua was a man of faith, a man who believed God. Now we see that especially in Christ more than anything. Indeed, we cannot serve him if we do not believe him. And believing him is always a result of the faith he gives us. And he he sustains this faith by his grace. Beloved, Christ is the cause of saving faith and the effect of the believer's faith. What does that mean? Turn with me to Ephesians Chapter 2. The believer's faith is the gift of God. But the cause of that faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that there in Ephesians chapter 2, where we read, For by grace are you saved. You hear a message that says anything other than that, that's not the gospel. It doesn't matter how logical it sounds, it's for by grace, beloved. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, the faith of Joshua. Before the battle of Jericho, Joshua found himself alone at night looking at the walls. You see that in Joshua chapter 5. Turn with me there, Joshua chapter 5. And I'll begin reading there in verse 13. Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, or neither. But as the captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. 
And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Christ was manifested as the captain of the Lord's host, or armies. Immediately Joshua prostrated himself before the Lord. In the book of Joshua, we always find Joshua praying, seeking the will of God, trying to guide Israel according to the word of the Lord in everything. When Joshua failed, read that in Joshua chapter 7, knowing that the failure was due to his sinful self-confidence, we find him lying before the Lord, preparing for the second battle. God's faithful ministers lead the people of God by prayer and by his word. And we see here the courage of Joshua. Three times in Joshua chapter 1, we find God demanding Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage. Indeed, be courageous, we heard it the fourth time. Indeed, it requires divine courage to walk with God and serve him. Christ was like this. Beloved, walking with God and seeking to do His will, we have to be courageous. Indeed, as God's own word sets forth, beloved, we must be very courageous. Now, courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to follow through in spite of that fear. Indeed, Joshua was sore afraid because the Lord said to him, Fear not. But in spite of being afraid, he was courageous Joshua could say with the psalmist, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Obedience calls for risk and demands courage, especially when it speaks of the gospel. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, beloved, but against Satan. We see Joshua scolding Israel in chapter 24, but what he did was for their good and the glory of God. We also see the humility of Joshua. Joshua was a servant of God, doing the work of God for the glory of God, and he never forgot that. It is humility that makes a man brave. It is by recognizing that I am weak and indeed nothing in myself, but I am a servant of the Most High God. Beloved, I didn't send myself. He sent me. So I do not trust in my wisdom, my strength, or my ability, but in his alone. Beloved, with the man, Joseph D. Murphy, nothing is possible. But with the, with the Lord, nothing is impossible. Beloved, we can say through, by, and in Christ with the apostle, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Beloved, self-confidence is a sure sign of exalting oneself and even others putting confidence in you. Don't let that happen for a minute. Beloved, I don't want you following me. I want you following the Lord Jesus Christ. Twice we find Joshua acting in self-confidence and both times he failed. But his failures did not take away his faith in God, nor did he abandon the cause and the people of God. Like Jesus, 
Joshua was a true, humble servant before God. Indeed, Joshua was a servant of others. Joshua was not motivated or guided by his own interests, but those of the church and the kingdom of God. We can see Joshua's concern was for Israel in his last messages to the people in chapter 23 and 24, not only because of its present state, but also because of the future. God's servants, like Joshua and the Lord Jesus Christ, give their lives in the service of eternal souls for the glory of God. They do not take, but give. They do not use, they are used. Honoring God, we see Joshua honoring God. Joshua believed God and lived for his glory. He sought the glory of God above all, above all else. When he served Moses, he had a jealous zeal for him, protecting his honor and reputation. But his zeal came from his love for God and his desire to honor him. We can see an example of his desire to glorify God in Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. Read there in the latter part there in Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. He writes, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Persites and the Gergites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. When Israel crossed the Jordan River, he gave all the glory to God. He said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. Having crossed the river, he built a monument to the praise and honor of God. He never sought his own honor. The Lord did everything Christ always the Lord did everything. And we hear that in our Lord. Our Lord always said, Father, glorify your name. Now, through all this, there's a lesson for us. God, our Father, in Christ, keeps his covenant. He always keeps his promises. He is always faithful to his word. God is Jehovah, merciful and full of grace, who forgives iniquity. And if you'll look there with me in Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. We read these words beginning in verse 4. Rather, verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and to the fourth generation. And in Isaiah chapter 43, we read... Beginning there in verse 1. Now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, 
they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Beloved, fear not, for he has redeemed us and called us by his name. Indeed, we are his purchased possession, and he tells us by his spirit, Thou art mine. And so how is it that our Lord may say to his beloved people that they are his? Just as God's word says of Joshua regarding what Moses had commanded him, that he left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses, so too, beloved, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has left nothing undone of all that our Heavenly Father commanded him regarding the salvation of his people. Beloved, by his doing and dying, nothing is left undone concerning our salvation. Indeed, he tells us, it is finished. He says to all who believe on his name, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen.